<laughs> the Atlas of Chick Development, everybody. <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, okay. I was like, this really is a very weird embryo. Wait a minute, because it's a bird. It is a chicken. I'm a child. Look, even more birds. Ladies and gentlemen, today's podcast will oh, be about chickens. even more birds. <laughs> Welcome to Theo Table, where angels dancing on the head of a pin can change your life. I'm Aiden, also known as Celtic Catholic Fire. I'm Julie. I'm Bea. I'm Jarek. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a relatively controversial in the public sphere issue, but not particularly controversial amongst the church issue, uh, and that issue is abortion. Um, from the very beginning, um, the church has condemned abortion as utterly immoral, putting it on the same standard as murder. Um, and I guess our opening question is just, why has the church chosen to take such a strong stance on abortion. Ultimately, as well, then, with that in mind, what do we do about it? Mm. But for starters, at the very least, why does the church say what it says? Wow. It's funny that, like, I like what Jarek said about it being a, um, like, non-controversial within Catholic, within, like, Catholic thought question, because it's so staring us in the face, we even hesitate to even, like, Speak it so obvious, like mm. it's it's murder, like it's a person. Um, <laughs> it's like when Jesus is always the answer, like it's because it's murder. Why is murder wrong? I don't know. Ask God. I do know, but on a theological level, murder is wrong because it's the taking of an innocent human life. Also, it's philosophically wrong. Also, it's so, so the point is it's so self-evident. See how quickly you guys just did that. Why does it? <laughs> why do we even have to? Why do we even hesitate when we do that with abortion? People don't like saying, for whatever reason, that an unborn child constitutes... The language gets kind of weird, because some people say an abort, uh, that an unborn child isn't human, others say the unborn child isn't a person. But is human. Like, right. Yeah. More dangerous. Actually, yeah, let, let, <laughs> More let's, dangerous. Let's start with that. Yeah. Um, obvious, obvious thing. Unborn children are human beings. They're not any other species of animal. They're alive. Unborn children are human beings. This is basic science. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how to get around that one. No, like, read an embryology textbook. Human life begins at conception. We actually have lots of them because it's very clear science that human life begins at conception. Yes. This isn't a religious, this isn't a religious argument, or it doesn't have to be. Like, go ask a biologist. Yeah, like, from conception, like... <laughs> A fetus has its own individual set of DNA. It would not be anything else other than a human being. Right. Although, to be fair, I think there are a lot of people who are pro-choice who do accept that they're human beings, but that this is one of those circumstances under which it's okay to kill a human being. No, people, and actually just before you respond to him, people genuinely believe this. We were talking about this in a religion and politics class I had one time, and a student genuinely asked, like, all right, so it's a human life. Like, what's the big deal? Why isn't it the mom's choice what to do with her kid? Inclu- up to and including murder. Like, she, no. she she didn't realize a problem with the question. Which might point to other sort of systematic well, problems in the way that our culture is operating. And to be fair, like... Particularly a, a problem in the way we view children. Yeah. And freedom. And choice. Yes. But... <laughs> freedom, yes. To go into the Catholic understanding of freedom very briefly is ultimately expressed as freedom to do the good. Mm. So that leads to a lot of implications with, like, how Americans see freedom and our modern, rather hedonistic, materialistic culture, to be quite honest. Um, but more importantly, in this case, just because... And this is actually a really important point, because I hear this all the time. 
just because the law says it is okay, that abortion is legal, does not make abortion morally okay. That slavery, guys, slavery was legal for a century. That's a great example because it, the the personhood and not being yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. We have a long, long tradition <laughs> in this country and around the world of denying personhood to human beings. And when you start denying personhood and the rights of human beings to human beings, you start having lots of problems. Can you just name the really obvious examples, just so that if that's gone over, anybody head, over oh. anybody's head? Well, slavery. Right. Slavery. The, the really, really, really big one is slavery. Holocaust. Jim Crow. The whole, uh, yes, the I Holocaust. Know. Yeah. Arguably abortion is worse than the Holocaust in terms of raw numbers. We'll get to that later. Well, no, there's no arguably. But numerically, it's more Yes. Yeah. But I suppose you could argue in time frame? The, yeah. But that's... The, we're not okay, gonna but go now that. we're comparing anyway. death toll by year, and that's yeah. not what we want to do, because so the, both yeah. these the things are very bad, and because that's the point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the point is, comparison... Like, you'll hear people object to comparisons between abortion and slavery and the Holocaust, but really, they're valid. Fundamentally, they're incredibly valid insofar as the one, the, the slavery and abortion are alike in terms of the law revoking fundamental rights of human beings. Yeah, in terms of it denies personhood to someone yeah. who is a human, in which, like, it's very difficult to deny that they're humans. And, like, scientifically, and at least for, in all of our minds, impossible to deny that they're humans. Right. So maybe then we start by addressing. Or we next address the pro-choice argument, the pro-abortion argument, honestly, that, okay, yes, the unborn child is a human being, which in some sense has rights, but the rights of the mother supersede that in some level, that it's expressed in different ways to self-determinacy, to reproductive health choices. Bodily self-defense. autonomy. Yeah. Bodily autonomy and self-defense, even. Self-defense. The comparison of the unborn child to a parent. Yes. This yeah. is so actually incredibly like, common. This, there's like this, like, um, it's a comparison to, like, if you, like, woke up one morning and found, um, like, some famous violinist, like, attached, hooked up yeah. to you, and, like, yeah. do you have a moral obligation to allow that being to live? I'm inclined to say yes. But, like... Well, hold on a second. Ableism. Well... I'm so inclined to say yes, even in the case of the Rin violinist that you're attached to? Yes. Okay, that's fair. That's a fair position. But independently of that, there's right. a not, difference in it. Not everyone, sh- not everyone shares that view. Um, and ultimately, you don't have to. to right, because... Yeah. Because, yeah. Right, because the that, relationship between a random violinist and... I, 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 think, we, I think we disregard this, too. You're going to flesh of your flesh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think this is honestly, on some level, what it really comes down to. That Okay, so the argument is... Having to support a child through pregnancy doesn't respect the mother's bodily autonomy. This is sort of a fact of, like, children, children, having children, children generally do not respect your bodily autonomy before or after birth. <laughs> yes. I mean, like, that sounds like we're making light of it, but it's no, true. No, no, like, in, in all yeah. seriousness, like, both fathers and mothers particularly, but both mothers and fathers have to sacrifice not just their bodily autonomy, but essentially their, their entire lives. lives. The, yeah. like, once you become a parent, your life is centered around raising your child. Until that child leaves the home, and even then you're still responsible for them. Well, level. and then might one who's pro-choice say, like, oh, this is even more evidence that you should not force a woman to go through with their pregnancy. No, but see, 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 that, that, see that's the point. You, the, the a bodily autonomy argument fails. 
Because parents do not have a right to be bodily autonomous from their children. Mm. Just flat out. Never mind the fact yeah, that Yeah, like we're child also abandonment ignoring... and child neglect, these are crimes. Yeah. So why is... Yeah, okay. Never mind the fact that we're also ignoring the bodily autonomy of the child. I mean, even if they are dependent on the mother, it doesn't well, change the fact that... The, argue, the argument is that, okay, so you don't kill the child, you just take the child out of the mother and then it dies. Yeah. No, but for no, but for like yeah. the social service, if if for e- neglecting the needs of a child once that child is born, like you call social services, the parents get in trouble. Right. In the yeah. social service, so called for an unplanned pregnancy is okay. Let's just make the child disappear. Dis- yeah. No more problem, right? No, right. No, you just have a dead child. Also, <laughs> notice an important thing: we have not mentioned theology at all. So far, this is in this podcast. philosophy and reason and, and natural science. science and like, and so for anyone who suggests that abortion is purely a religious argument, like, of course, a lot of Christians will have a religious component in their argument because religion is something that Christians take seriously or should, um, hopefully. But there are still base level, reasonable, philosophical, scientific, etc. arguments to be made for the pro life position, and which in the end I think supervene over any sort of argument that pro choice advocates make of any nature. Yeah. Ultimately, the, the you can't detach yourself from the violinist if the violinist is your son or your daughter, mm. and you, you put them in the position they're in. But what if you didn't mean to have this? But I, I think we're going to be talking past the... I think we might be talking past the choice component of I didn't intend for this to happen. Yeah. And I think we get into that with issues of, like, the so-called exception cases. The actually, yes. exception cases of like rape or incest or whatever the case may be. Right. Actually, this is important theologically. The, the tough cases are very tough emotionally speaking. It's a, it's a very difficult choice to have to make. But... No, we, we shouldn't... Should it have to be? Well, we, 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 shouldn't, we shouldn't disregard, especially in cases of like, right. sexual assault, like, yeah. like the emotional burden that might entail. I mean, it might not in all cases, but you can see the possibility for it, at least. Like, if so, like, if yeah. it's so, it's emotionally, not philosophically. No, no yeah, yes, that's what yes, 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 yes. the emo- simply like, emotional. But the philosophy is so straightforward, like, I even well, have, right. I have ultimately, a hard time with that, which is ultimately, it, ultimately, yes, for, for those two cases, for the, for the common exceptions people think of rape and incest, for those common exceptions, it's not... The, the logic still holds. It's a human life, and you shouldn't punish a child for the crimes of its parents. Mm. Actually, um, a counter like this principle is backed up in state law, at least as well. At least in New York, um, I know there are some cases where, if let's say a child is conceived by rape, um, the father can theoretically get parental rights in some cases because in the law, I'm gonna be saying this somewhat imprecisely, the highest like the good that tr- the the overriding good that the law is pursuing is the well-being of the child. So, like, say mm-hmm. you're ten years down the road and like. I mean, that's not a great way to have been had by your father, but, like, if your mom's in jail and going to be there for the foreseeable future and your dad and your father, who was a criminal at the time, um, something straightened out there, the father can... A, a father can get custody of a child conceived in rights. I don't know if it ever actually happens, but the principles, mm. even in secular law, are there. Protecting and, and, the good of the child before anything else, and the child's best interest. And in Arkansas, That's, very recently, I think this happened like last week, um, where they recently passed a law allowing rapists to sue the people they raped if the people they raped intend on getting an abortion. Um, so, like, 
Yes. Okay. It's, well, yeah, because you're killing Of course, them. what pro-choice people would say is, like, oh, that's just, like, you know, the, the results of the machinations of, like, the, the anti-choice, right. whatever they would call it, like, machine. But, I mean... Yeah. The point is, even even if... Even supposing that the, the child's father deserves to be in jail for a horrific crime, that doesn't mean the child should be killed for it. Mm. But talking about hard cases and actually talking about theology, there is one of these cases where Catholic theology actually helps us see the situation a little more clearly. And that's the life of the mother exception. And so, I'm not going to get too much into the biology, but a lot of the time, like, there's not a lot of cases where a pregnancy is immediately terminal to the mother. Or the a direct, like, the process of childbirth can be sometimes, but mm-hmm. the, the most common people think of is ectopic pregnancies. And in that case, actually, the church is a pretty, it views something called the principle of double effect, which is, if you perform an action such that a good may come about, but it has a side effect of some negative consequence, something bad, so long as the action is done, towards the end of the good rather than the end of the incidental bad, that action itself is morally justifiable. So in, in certain th- cases, not in, th- in every case. Right, in certain cases. There has to be like a very, very, very grave good and a very, very, like, you know, it has to be a really, really grave good you're seeking, you know, proportional to the amount of evil result that would come out of it and all that stuff. Right. Um, but I think that the point that Aiden is trying to get across is that, like, you can't do an evil act to bring about a good consequence. But you can, <clears throat> but you can do an act that is itself good, but also has an evil effect. Yeah. And so in this case, talking about ectopic pregnancies, the church does say it's okay to surgically remove the embryo, at least from the from the fallopian tubes, mm-hmm. to save the life of the mother. Or at least removing the fallopian tube in general, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, removing that segment. Mm-hmm. P- the point being, hoping that the child would potentially live, reattach itself to the uterine wall, but being okay with... This might lead to the death of the child, but it's not intending the death of the child, it's intending to save the life of the mother. Same ultimately goes for chemotherapy treatments. Mm-hmm. Like, the church says that those who are pregnant and have cancer and choose not to go through with chemotherapy while they're pregnant, it's a very brave and heroic decision, but it's also perfectly acceptable to seek chemotherapy because you're not seeking the end of harming your child, you're seeking the end of stopping cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else on those exceptions? Because I have... Uh, different pro-choice argument, but it's kind of related. Okay. So, one that I hear from, like, people who are somewhat religiously inclined, but not on board with the whole anti-abortion thing, um, is, well, er- most of these abortions happen fairly early. Um, how is it that different from a miscarriage? And, like, that happens all the time, naturally. Yeah. So, like, effective, they're saying effectively, outcomes, like, numerically speaking... What's but the big deal? It's because of the intent of the people who are it's, doing it, the intent of the mother, the, the, the doctor, the intent of... No, 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 in, in all seriousness, yeah. like, there's a lot of people who get into accidental car crashes every year. Yeah, they, or it's That like, doesn't mean it's moral for you to go drive into traffic and T-bone yeah. somebody because, oh, hey, the traffic accidents would have happened anyways. Or gun misfires. It doesn't make it moral <laughs> to suddenly shoot someone because it could have misfired on its own right. and accidentally killed the same person. No, I know. I'm not attacking you, Julie. It's just... This is the argument. I've actually never Death? heard that argument before. That argument to me is really bizarre. Well, uh, no, no, no. You, you hear it sometimes from, like, the Neil deGrasse Tyson and the Bill Nye types that the, this horrible straw man that, pro, that pro-life people believe... Every time a woman doesn't get pregnant every, each month, like... Right, right. Well, it's, it's, it's murder. 
Or the... Oh, for goodness! No, no, in all seriousness, yeah, 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 yeah. there's no, a moral yeah. equivalence between... The, the, the told to go to confession once a month? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <sighs> or or that, that, stupid, that, that stupid ad a while back. The, the this is masturbation to, to be very, to very clear. This stuff is not true. Because, because it's the same, like, oh my God. It's still, it's still get Including what? Like, men masturbating to abortion. Oh, I've heard yeah. that one. I've yeah. heard that one. It's these stupid, stupid pro-choice memes. They're stupid. They're very, very stupid. Life begins at conception. Like, scientifically speaking. That's... Yeah. Again, embryology. Science. Reason. Science. It helps. But anyways... Alright, what about... Um, yeah. I think we've covered the why. Yeah. Why is it wrong? Do you want to pivot to... The, pivot to parenthood? We can pivot to what do we do? I think we start with that second bit. But... Obviously... Assuming you agree with these arguments, assuming you agree with the pro-life effective that abortion is murder, obviously this is a very grave scenario overall, something that is justifiably compared to slavery and the Holocaust. So the question is, what do we do? How do we respond to the situation morally in pursuing justice? Because it's kind of a difficult question. I could jump off the deep end. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to take that as permission to jump off the deep end. Um, so, here's the thing. We've mentioned before, earlier in the podcast and just now, a valid comparison between slavery um, and abortion. Well, what was the response to slavery eventually in the U.S.? Well, we had a civil war. Now, we obviously can't have a civil war about abortion. Let's bring really tone it down. I'm not that crazy. Um, but the thank idea you, is... Thank you, Julie, for <laughs> coming just short of absolute insanity. <laughs> However... The heart of that is something on the scale of the civil an action so grave as a war. I think I don't think you guys would disagree was justified to eventually bring about the end of this horrific institution that was slavery. In this case, we're talking about abortion. So, great large scale actions that may that in themselves cause some harm. Um, that's what we had to resort to then. Now, I'm not saying go out and harm anything. Do I'm not, saying do not there is this one time. There was this one time we were talking about this um, at theology table where we have similar conversations to this, uh, and someone proposed out there as a thought experiment, like, well, what can you do? And someone said, well, can you, like, firebomb abortion clinics? And the answer is no. You cannot firebomb abortion clinics. But I do think that it's not just a matter of practicality there. I think that the moral gravity of our continuing complacency is i got to be very careful in expressing this. It would be a very... It is an unacceptable moral act to go just indiscriminately destroying things that contribute to abortion. We can't do that. But I think that the wrong we're not aware of doing, the moral gravity of overlooking and being complacent about the current situation, where, like, if you are conceived in New York City and you are black, you have a less than 50% chance of actually being born. Um... And generally, isn't it what you have a 60% chance or something of being born? Yeah. 40% yeah, of all New York pregnancies yeah. in an abortion? Like, when you're killing, when, 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 when almost half your population is, not, that's not, that's not correct. I did the statistic wrong. It's 40%. When 40% of the population of a city never has a chance to be born, and we don't actually do all that much in our daily lives about it, or think about it, or get disturbed by it in our daily life, I think the moral gravity on all of us, of overlooking that situation is pretty darn close to, if not over top of the moral wrong of just starting to be uncivilly and more violent 
and disruptive and bad ways of acts. Like, it's a... Can, someone else, I think, can say what I was just trying to say much more concisely and eloquently. But my point is, like, things like the Civil War, they sound extreme. Things like firebombing and abortion clinics, they sound extreme. But what are we overlooking when we're sitting here doing nothing and still asking mm. this question when it's been 40 years since it's been legal? I this mean, is an on our conscience thing, not no, so much an action item. Right. This isn't us not being aware of our own sin. Very much not an action item. This is not an action item. Nobody did that. Yeah. Don't go out for a bombing abortion clinics, please. But the, do not. Especially when there but, are people in them. Yeah, but but do bring the moral gravity, gravity of our inaction with you when you're thinking about what to do. Yeah. Because, because, because much both their actions that I think we are comfortable with are called for. Yes. Because I, th I think the big thing to keep in mind there, when we make, we make these justified comparisons to slavery and the Holocaust, is that the people engaged in perpetuating the inhumanity of those institutions and the violence and the murder of those institutions had no moral excuse for dehumanizing those who they were dehumanizing. And so therefore did deserve to be fought a war against. The culture we're dealing with right now, I'm sorry to say, might actually be invincibly ignorant. Yeah. Might be simply so beholden to an ethos of convenience, of just self-determination, radical, dangerous self-determination, and my life should be whatever I want it to be, everyone else be damned. I forgot their life, that I may be carrying be damned. Yeah. Right. That... The people involved in perpetuating institution of abortion may honestly be invincibly ignorant. So our war then has to be a war of evangelization, of changing hearts, rather than one of firebombing abortion clinics. The question is, how do we do that? How do we start to do that? Philosophical question. You just said invincibly ignorant. I'm. I'm. Think, I'm maybe not invincibly. I hope it's invincible. No, no. In, 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 invincibly <laughs> ignorant. Is a moral term referring I, I, to, referring to your own culpability for your actions. That if you, in other words, if you're ignorant that an action is wrong, if you're the term would be invincibly ignorant that an action is wrong, then you have no, you, then you just don't understand that it's wrong, and so you're not culpable for its wrongness. <laughs> Whether or not a little bit of a weak definition of invincibly ignorant, but we'll, we'll oh, okay, fair, fair, but. Would be I don't know if that strong of a an ignorance is justified in being a strong to our culture. But I'd imagine there are some who who might who, yeah. who might have some culpability, even though they believe it to be morally correct. But the general principle stands of it's not people don't realize they're doing their own thing. People don't realize they're dehumanizing. It's just our normal consumeristic do whatever you want, whatever makes your life convenient ethos. Mm -hmm. It's not a particular malice. Also, we should, before we clarify the whole culpability, invincible, invincible thing... Um, oh, we don't need to, that's fine. No, I, I, think, we, I think we should, um, at least briefly, just for clarity, but... We didn't mention it when we were going through, like, why abortion is wrong, but it comes up because we were talking about culpability. Well, it's not always... I think the pro-life position tends to have a habit of accidentally doing this sometimes. It's not mm -hmm. always strictly... A matter of convenience and I'm just not ready for a kid right now or I didn't plan this. Sometimes the people being pushed into the... Sometimes it's not a matter of just a mother being willy-nilly and wanting 
her body back for nine months. It's a matter like that people can be pushed into these situations. Well, right. can be, it, 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 like, like child, like sex trafficking. Well, oh yeah, we can, can do we, that in a minute. Can someone else give voice to that? I mean, ultimately, it might not just be the mother being subscribed to cultural convenience here. It could honestly be the father or the family involved who are pushing yes. for this isn't convenient for us, so you have to change something. Yes. Yeah. That, that is very yes. fair and should be stated. Yeah. And um, I think there's... You might be hearing it from 14 different voices, saying you're going to mess up everybody's life in your immediate vicinity if you do this. Mm. And, and that's ultimately that why old abortion turn. laws treated the mother as a second victim of the crime. That's, I think, one of, I can't remember which pope, I, one of the piouses in the 20th century maybe it was Pope Leo XIII, I don't remember who it was, wrote something along the lines of, I don't remember if it was this extreme, that, like, abortion is everybody's fault except the mother's. Something along those lines. Maybe not quite to that level. But the point was, the mother was not seen as the primary person who was responsible for the action. Because oftentimes there are very, very emotionally difficult circumstances, which don't outweigh the philosophical considerations, definitely, which never outweigh the philosophical considerations, or the moral considerations. But just make it emotionally difficult to make certain sorts of decisions, which put people into difficult situations. And I think that the pro-life movement at its best recognizes this and affirms that, Indeed. but says that it's not a sufficient reason to be continuing to perpetuate a moral crime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of moral crimes, actually, this is the other thing, Julia, that you brought up. Um, this gives us a, a nice target, particularly to focus on in terms of what do we do about this right now. Planned Parenthood! The lovely, lovely organization oh, that is Planned Parenthood. Uh... Um, and the reason this came up is because Julie talked about one of the reasons abortions can be had is in the human trafficking industry and the child sex trafficking industry. And Planned Parenthood has been violating the, has violated the law in several recorded cases. I can throw hyperlinks in the descriptions of everywhere this is getting posted, of some of the news articles, of covering up for actual child sex traffickers by performing covert abortions. How is that? How are there not riots in the streets calling for this business to be shut down? See, that's the thing we can do. Just saying. I mean, not quite Antifa levels of okay. riot in the streets. Don't do but that. Like, no. Again, no violence. We're not advocating no. violence. Right. Not but like, mass boycott, protest, parade, marches, whatever you yeah. want to call it. Like, this this particular organization, if we're, I don't know the exact percentage, but it's responsible for some 300,000 abortions per year. This is a good place to start. No, like, for real, why are people yeah. outside these Planned Parenthoods 365 days a year? Yeah. Like, there's enough people who should be concerned enough. Yeah, we, we have how many on the March for Life? A couple million? A little under a million. A little under a million. Okay, but there's so many people at home who are yeah. agreeing with it. Yeah, who just can't go to... Yeah. Numerically speaking, there's plenty of people for it. Um, yeah. You have a city of 100,000, say... Only a third of it agrees with the pro-life position. I'm making. That you can get out. someone. You yeah, can so, get. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yes, sidewalk evangelization is actually a really, really good thing. Sidewalk, on a, not called counseling. But How do you people get into that though? Like that's it's might be a barrier thing. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't know how to do that. I would like to know how to do that. This is. I don't think any of us know how to do I that. Yeah. Yeah. Just world gravity at us, like, yeah. on me. Uh, yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> Ultimately, that incentivizes us and incentivizes everyone listening to this. Find local resources. There are groups that organize this sort of thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, not enough of them. Like, I was trying to figure this out. Like, during the summer, sometimes I just drive and I, like, just sit outside. I, like, not, like, in a stalker way, like, in a faraway way, and I just, like, pray nearby. And, like, I, I never hear of anything, any kind of protests to the organization. And I live in a city with, like, several hundred, like... It's a decent metropolitan area. 
And you hear silence from the pro-life movement. It exists somewhere. <laughs> so I think that's sort of a big, giant red mark. Because across the board, yeah. because the March for Life every year is huge. I've, we've all been at it at different yeah. points. Um, and there's always an energy and, ad, like, a, there's passion there. Yeah. But it's like conference Catholicism on some levels, where you go to this big event where everyone else is also oriented towards the same goal, and for a week and a half, you're on fire for making a real change, and then nothing happens. So then, yeah, it'll dissipate. And of course, on some level, it's not just the fault of the pro-life movement. Uh, we had a Republican House, Senate, and Presidency, and Supreme Court for the last two years. Not anymore, but still. And literally nothing. Oh, I think we're not anymore on the Supreme Court. I was going to be like, no, 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 no. What world are you living in? <laughs> yeah. Actually, Ruth Bader like, Ginsburg has cloaked herself. Mm. Well. <laughs> that was terrifying. But, no. Oh. Anyway, anyway, that aside. <laughs> Cloning Supreme Court justices aside, point being, the supposedly pro-life party in this country had full control of the government for two years and didn't even stop sending half a billion dollars to Planned Parenthood every year. The simple job of not paying the organization that has killed millions of people half a billion dollars a year. They just couldn't even keep themselves from doing that. So there's some problems at a higher level. But ultimately, the politicians aren't going to do anything if they don't feel pressure from the people. We, the people. And the pro-life movement is just not doing it. What are you guys' thoughts? I'm with you. I mean, 100% pretty much with you. Um, just in terms of... And it's not even, again, like... Like the whole issue of five bombing abortion clinics, it's not necessarily an action item per se. What not it in is, any sense. oh, you know, no. fire. Okay, just to <laughs> not an action item. Wait, wait, fire bombing anything is not an action item. Yeah, do not, do please. My po- my, no my, violence. My point is, like, it should presumably lead to some sort of action, but it's primarily a change in mindset. Um, it's primarily a change in the way that we think about and approach this question in our everyday lives, and we should be thinking about it in our everyday lives. We should be thinking about it as one of the, if not the, largest social justice issues of our generation. Yes. Of this millennium. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't think we're going into a season of... Oh, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll let you... No, you're going to talk about Christmas. That's going to be all sweet. Um, no, so... But people's... Actually, I don't know what we should be doing. I forget what you just said. That jogged my mind, but... I hear kind of two camps of, well, what can we do to actually um, lower the number of changing minds? That's what you were saying. Um, the thing I hear back home is always, well, like, what is that? Um, you're pro-life right until until birth, and then all of a sudden. So oh, yeah. I think we need to address that a little bit. Um, but, I ultimately uh, don't know how, but. I, I mean, and some of these things are connected. Like, one thing the pro-life movement is actually really good at is founding and spreading, like, women's health clinics, mm-hmm. which serve more yeah. than just free... On some level, though, addressing that concern does require, I'm just going to be flatly honest here, a shift away from straight party-line politics. Yes. Because the Catholic answer to how do we support women and families 
after the birth of a child. It's not that the also, Republican Party platform nor the Democratic family. public platform. Well, well, well a, f- a mother and a child constitutes okay. a family. Well, I'm saying, yeah, but that's not what people are thinking. Of, right, but but, but so, 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 so the point is whether that like on on some level, it has to start with a community in terms of support structures, in terms of adoption agencies, even just like having a community in case of like a single mother, like you were sort of getting at. It, you need a community to help support you through this process, and the church has to be that community, mm-hmm. or has to strive to be that community at least. Be one of those communities. Yes. Yeah, they, you yes. Can't do it well, exactly, exactly. But then I don't know if it is governmental. It is like family leave policies. It is what in the yeah. world we incentivize. At the moment, it's no unconstitutional. Oh, not that's the, a file house for a different day. Yeah. Like family leave policies, and like just freeze your eggs instead. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the point is. The government incentivizes bad things, and it should stop incentivizing those things. Again, different podcast, but it's the solution is not just on one level, local, federal, community. It's across the board. A lot of stuff needs to change. All right. What were you saying about the seasons? What I was going to, what I was going to say for the seasons, though, in terms of maybe a more tangible action item to bring this back around, we're about to enter the season of Advent, which... Not not as much as Lent, but even so should be a time of works of charity, works of mercy. And penitence. And, and penitence, yes, because it's ultimately a eschatological season. It's a season of preparing for the Lord's coming. So, honestly, Advent is not a bad time to, if you're not involved in pro-life work in your community, to get involved. To be clear, no time is a bad time, but Advent's no, a particularly good time. No, it's, it's like it, it's yeah. it's the Catholic. We're approaching Catholic New Year's. We are approaching. If you didn't know that, the start the start of the Catholic year, the Catholic liturgical year is Advent. So we're approaching Catholic New Year's. So I'm going to be slightly secular here and suggest a Catholic New Year's resolution. <laughs> but yeah, Advent just because it is the New Year liturgically is a very good time to start new practices, both spiritually and charitably. So... Especially because you're about to get a whole a whole holiday about an unplanned pregnancy. Just someone had to throw it in there. Someone had to do it. <laughs> just, oh my can, goodness! Just saying! Uh, <laughs> I mean, Our Lady Fair. did say yes. She was, what, 15? Our Lady did notably say yes. Yes, she did. Yeah, she did. Let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-let's-
faithful perseverance in waiting for you, and a hope of finally embracing you. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, slight correction here at the end of the podcast. Um, for those of you listening and not watching, we held up several embryology textbooks in the library. And if you watching, you can see this is a chick embryo. Yes, yeah, so this is also starfish. a chick embryo. Yeah, so the one I identified with Christ is a starfish. The other two are chicken. Christ, Christ is a starfish, nor a chicken. I just wanted to clarify that human embryology textbooks need to have more human embryos in them. Preach. Well, oh, by the way, those are all just embryology textbooks. They're oh, embryology. Yes. embryology True. True. You human centrist, like yes, whatever. I am anthropocentric. Anyway, like sue me. The point is, it was a beautiful poetic point, which was accidentally not expressed very well. As soon as the podcast was over, we were like, "Wait a minute. We really hope that's human. It doesn't look very human. It's a starfish. And we checked, and it's a starfish. Yes." Uh, uh, we are not committing heresy. Our apologies if we accidentally led you into scandal or something. I don't know. Um, I think we're good. Yeah, yeah, but I think we're we'll fine. Good. Yes. <laughs> Closing lesson: Christ is not a starfish. That is Manal. Good day. <laughs>